You're tuned in to The Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconato.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconato. Hey everybody, welcome to today's broadcast. So thankful that you tuned in. We're gonna get into AI, the plan of the elites, what we think is going to happen going into the 2024 election. Will we even make it there? Well, people are asking this. Uh, when they say make it, I mean, it's not like we're going to die, but I'm just saying, what's going to happen from now till then? A lot of people ask me these questions. What do you think about Trump? Are you still pro-Trump? So we'll try to get to as much of this as we can. I've, I've been getting fielding a lot of questions in these areas, and so I think today's broadcast is a great opportunity to share this and more because, of course, I just came out with a new book, Come Out From Among Them. It's available wherever books are sold online, or you can go to pastortoddbook.com, pastortoddbook.com. And these are good questions. They're legitimate questions. They're questions we should be asking. Um, you know, I, I've been amazed and marveled at the technology that is now coming out with the AI revolution as we go into this fourth, fourth industrial revolution. And this is a big one. There's going to be game changers that are going to be so life altering when it comes to jobs, religion, uh, the way that information is shared, privacy concerns. I mean, there's a plethora of very concerning things about AI. I don't know if you know what singularity is, but that's when AI reaches the point where it surpasses human brain intellectual capability. Well, that's happening very rapidly as these systems are learning and integrating and as they develop and continue to suck up information from the World Wide Web and from other sources like behavioral patterns and information that people are feeding into the AI themselves. There is a bunch of information that is now available to them to learn and to surpass human intelligence. And so what does this mean? What are the implications? What are the implications for the church? What are the implications for you? What are the implications for me? They're actually staggering. They're actually staggering. And it, it's kind of amazing that the church, again, is behind on this. We always seem to be playing catch up. But I think pastors and people of God, everybody, we've got we've to start thinking about this. Because what is this going to look like? And what is it going to mean for us as a people of God. People are going to be marrying machines. You think that's crazy? Well, it sounds crazy. It is crazy, but it's going to happen. People are going to be dating machines, AI. They're going to be dating chatbots. And it, we're really going into a period unlike anything we've ever seen. It's an explosion of information. The Bible actually talks about this. And so not to worry, not to panic, not to have fear, but how do we respond and how do we get ahead of it? What is this going to look like? You remember when the internet came out and that was a pretty big step forward? Was it good? Some good things, you know, as far as information that we have readily available. I think it's triggered a great global awakening where many people are researching. There's also a tremendous amount of disinformation, misinformation, and it gives nefarious actors the ability to put out disinformation to confuse the masses to cause people to fight amongst each other. Is that the plan? Is that what they want? Well, it sure would seem like it because if we're fighting amongst each other, you're white, I'm black, this, that, you know, all these different things, which they're stoking 
divisions. They're stoking racial divisions. They're stoking religious divisions. They're stoking all different types of division so that we can be so distracted and preoccupied that people are not going to see what they're doing. UN Agenda 2030, the World Economic Forum, a lot of the things that are moving ahead rapidly, and we're seeing the introduction of the central bank digital currencies, which is another game changer, another thing that's going to radically change our world, the way we transact. And as a pastor, I really believe they're putting together the infrastructure for the mark. And that means, uh, as Rick Renner said on my program, the Todd Coconato Show recently, I said, uh, Brother Rick, I said, do you think that we are in the end, you know, the birth pangs? He said, I think we're at the end of the birth pangs. The end of the birth pangs. I would have to agree with that. As we're seeing, wickedness is now overt and in our face. They don't hide it anymore. And yet, even though it's overt and in our face, people are still choosing to ignore it. Many in the church are still choosing to act like it's 1990. Like nothing has changed. Business as usual. In fact, I guarantee you that in most mega churches in this country, when you go in, you will still hear a very encouraging, uplifting, motivational message because there's not an urgency and they're also afraid to lose donors and they've gotten themselves in a pickle because they can't really speak the entirety of the word of God because their people don't have the appetite for it. They've been trained to think that church is something where you go in and you get so motivated and excited and that's all it is. And then the rest of the week, you act the same. There's really no transformation. Now, I'm not saying this is everybody. There is a remnant. And as I always say, wherever there is a remnant, it means God's not done moving. But you, remnant warrior, that are listening to this broadcast, you have an urgency and you have for a while. Some of you more long-term than others. Some of you have, have awakened recently. But regardless, there's an urgency in your spirit. And let me just address this hand, hand, you know, head on here. A lot of you have a spouse that is not tracking with you. Yeah, I'm going to say it right now because I think you need to know this. A lot of people have a spouse that's not tracking. And so some people think divorce. That's the first thing because you just think, well, this person's, you know, they don't even understand. They don't see it. And here I have this major urgency. And it's like we're on two different planets and two different pages And so in our human condition, we want to just say, well, just forget it. I need to get out of this relationship and be with somebody that gets it. And listen, there's going to be people that are listening to this that have already done that or are going to do it. And I can't stop you. But let me just share this with you. Even my wife doesn't get it fully. She doesn't have the urgency I do. I love her. She's great. But does she get 100% of what I'm talking about? No, why? Because she's not in the research day in and day out. She's not talking to the experts. She's not reading all all the documents that I'm reading. So I share some things with her. And definitely she understands to a point. But if you're a researcher and you're really in this, if you're engaged day by day and you actually see, you read their documents, you see what they're planning, you see what's coming down the pike and you say, oh my goodness, if only everybody knew. Again, not to scare you, we're watchmen on the wall. It's the Issachar anointing, understanding in discerning times. So let me just tell you this, if you have a spouse like that, pray for them. Pray for them to have the eyes and ears of understanding. Pray for them to have an urgency in their spirit. Don't just bail on them. Because listen, you're not alone in this. And that's why God is connecting his remnant so that we can encourage one another. We can strengthen each other in faith. We can declare and decree. We can can do what the kingdom says in being the ecclesia, being the body of Christ, being, you know, what the Bible says, being the body of Christ. We've got to understand though, friends, that this is coming fast and it's going to change our lives. 
And so I'm praying that if there's a pastor or a ministry leader or somebody here on this broadcast today, that you would start looking into this pastor so that you can inform your congregation. Remnant warrior. Listen, you say, well, I don't have a lot of followers, Pastor Todd. I don't know really how I'm going to get this out there. It doesn't matter. Share this with people. Let them understand what's going on. Share this broadcast. Because the reason is people have to understand, even people in the tech world, like Elon Musk are sounding the alarm. Yeah, Elon Musk, he said, we're summoning the demon. Let's listen to him real quick say that. Musk issued a grave warning about the potential dangers of AI research. With artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. You know, you know all those stories where there's the guy with the pentagram and the holy water, and he's like, yeah, you sure he can control the demon. <laughs> Doesn't work out. Of course, we've all seen plenty of big-budget sci-fi warnings about havoc-wreaking robots, but Musk has actually been pretty consistent with his AI-phobia. In June, he told CNBC his investments in AI research were meant to keep an eye on the technology. And a tweet from early August warned artificial intelligence could be potentially more dangerous than nukes. More dangerous than nukes. Nothing to worry about here. <laughs> as, as we're dealing with already a world that's on fire, wars and rumors of wars. Of course, we have what's going on in Ukraine. And there is a lot of tension in the Pacific, Asian Pacific region, of course, with China saber rattling and around the world. And then there's the instability with the U.S. dollar and the BRICS nations coming out and basically destabilizing the dollar's hegemony by announcing a gold-backed currency, which will be again in, it looks like, in August. Uh, we also have the FedNow app, which is now at, uh, out. And the FedNow app is being used by the big four banks here in the United States. Behind the scenes, they've already been working with uh, the Fed to in introduce this new way to transact which is all trackable and traceable, and it leads into the central bank digital currency. So why is a pastor talking about this? Why do I care? Well, I just want you to know, as a watchman, things are going to change. And as a body of Christ, we're going to have to look into trade and barter. We're going to have to look into alternative ecosystems. I talk about this in my book. Uh, I believe there is a great shaking that's about to take place. In fact, I think anything that can be shaken will be shaken. And I've often referred to it as the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. But I, I'm now sounding the alarm that these things are headed down the pike quite rapidly in the next few years here. And even in the next couple of months or the next year, we could see some dramatic changes. So uh, we're going to talk about these matters, rethinking the church, the great shaking, um, much, much more. We're going to try to get into as much of this as we can on the broadcast. Obviously, a lot to cover. Uh, but you're tuned into the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. Pastor Todd here. You can buy my new book, PastorToddBook.com, and I'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. We're talking about a very interesting subject today, AI the advancements of or the advancement of artificial intelligence how is it going to affect our lives how is it going to affect our culture it's going to be a game changer like literally everything is going to change from the way people transact to the way people uh, learn in schools i think about it you could put together an essay in about 5 minutes one that would have taken us when we were kids if you're in your 40s or even 30s 20s do you remember the all nighters that you would pull to put in a report for your school your college I know that I can remember just many hours in seminary, in my regular college years, in high school, doing reports. I mean, we'd have, we had to do the work back then. In fact, I'm so old, <laughs> and I know I'm making some of you feel old. I mean, I'm in my you know, mid to late 40s now, 46 years old. Uh, but I, I remember even before the internet, 
and we had to get out the good old Encyclopedia Britannica. Remember that? It was like the uh, Thomas Guide that you would use before GPS. So, wow. I mean, there's already been so much change over the last many years. We didn't even have computers when I was in high school. I mean, we did, but they were like antiquated. Uh, you know, now, I mean, of course, everybody has laptops and everything. Pot, you know, podcasts are huge. Everybody's listening to their information on podcasts. That's, that's been a revolutionary shift uh, where people get their information, how they get their information. Um, you know, of course, uh, Apple iPads and uh, different things that have been game changers along the course of the last you know, century here. But look at what we're now walking into. This is going to be, I mean, the workload of uh, whole jobs are just going to be eliminated. They're already being eliminated. And I'm sure you're getting bombarded online with all the different people trying to do these get rich quick things with the AI. Like, hey, if you use this AI, you can you can get all these people to come to your website. Or, you know, if you use this AI, you can, you know, control your CRM. Or if you use this AI, you can, you know, open a spot, you know, a Shopify store. You know, I mean, there's just every different person that's trying to capitalize on this because it's it's brand new. It's brand new. And most most people, most folks, most people probably listen to this. To some extent, you know about, you know, the chatbots and certain things that you might have kind of toyed around with a little bit, kind of in a beginner level, but you don't really understand or are you're probably not using, and I'm not saying this to demean you, I'm, I'm part of this group. I'm saying most of us, we don't realize the implications of this yet. This is like when the internet came out, even bigger maybe. And that's why guys like Elon Musk, they understand, and you know, you love them or you hate them. Look, I'm not here to be an Elon, Elon Musk promoter, but one thing none of us can disagree with here is that he's involved in the tech space so if anybody would know it would be elon and he's saying look we're summoning a demon and if you think about it cern you know those scientists with the hydrine collider you know out there in europe that's massive that have been colliding particles together to try to find the god particle and they talked about opening portals and they don't know what's going to come through well i think there's already things coming through i think they're they're going into, they're, they're, this is demonic technology that's been given for an end time, uh, a massive, massive, crazy shift in the way humans, you know, do everything. And, it, and, and there's going to be a lot of demonic stuff out of this. So you say, well, what do you mean, Pastor Todd, a demon gave this information? I think that because the hour is late, that people are in fact literally summoning the demons by CERN and opening portals. And I think they're looking for exotic you know, what they would refer to as alien-type technology. But how do we know this technology isn't actually being given to the people that are seeking this by demonic entities, trans-dimensional species, in other words, demons? If you think about the different heavens, and maybe this is an end-time thing. I know this is kind of out there, but I know some of you are tracking with me. Think about this. It's an end-time thing. All of a sudden, they're looking for the God particle. They, they spend billions of dollars. Where does that money even come from? for this large hadron collider with the goddess, what is it, Shiva, that's outside of it, the goddess of destruction. I mean, why, you know, remember the tunnel opening ceremony? I don't know if you saw that for CERN. It was a demonic ritual. So why, why did they do that? And then all of a sudden, right along the quantum computers, where I've heard interviews with some of these scientists and very uh, extremely tech-savvy people that have said, we don't even really understand fully how quantum computing works. All we know is it works. We don't even fully understand how. So now you have these language, it's like languages. What they've done is they've mastered linguistics. And we think of languages as the spoken language, like when I'm speaking on this podcast to you, that you understand English. 
we think of language like that, but think about language is more than that. Language is is any pattern that a, that a technology you know technological entity could identify a pattern or an algorithm, which is basically algorithms are kind of running our lives right now. If you think about a Facebook, social media, so these are algorithms. All this stuff is happening to to look at our behaviors, to track our data. They say data is the new oil. I mean, if you understood how much you were being tracked, I think it would scare the, the you know what out of you. I'm telling you, if you understood, because I've, I've worked with some of the Intel community people, I've, I've you know sat down with them and they've shared with me, these are people that have been involved in the Intel community for a long time that have high security clearances and they couldn't tell me anything that was classified, but they just say, Pastor Todd, I'm gonna tell you right now, every single thing you say, you do near your phone, on your phone, it's all traceable, it's all trackable, it's being recorded, your camera's on, they know everything if they want to. They can come into your computer, they can come into your home. I don't think we realize this, this, all this smart technology and the connection via you know, our Wi-Fi in our home and, and IP addresses and smartphones and just how much everything we're doing is trackable and traceable. Now imagine if somebody like Hitler had this capability that they could, they could go into people's homes and see what's going on and listen to their conversations and know exactly precisely where everybody is at all times due to cell phones. And now it's even crazier. I mean, some of the technology that's available, do you know that there's actually a technology where a supercomputer could use your Wi-Fi signal to geolocate where you're positioned right now in your home? That's actually available, that type of technology. That's how far we are. Uh, they can mimic us. They can, they can make a video that looks exactly like, like us called a deep fake. And they can mimic our voice. So think about the ramifications of that. Some, your, your kid could call you on a video call and tell you, mom, I'm in trouble. Dad, I'm in trouble. I need a hundred bucks. You know, wire me right away. I'm, I'm, you know, I got some type of situation going on. And it's never even them. It's, it's a scammer. Think about the elderly people that are going to be targeted for this that don't know about this technology. It's already happening. Think about the ramifications of, 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 of a tyrannical government, I mean, during the age of COVID, that, that can track and trace every single step you take, who you talk to, geolocate you, geofence you, geofence your church. Maybe they don't like the pastor. Who's going to that church? Let's see. Let's see who the congregants are. I mean, this is how insane this technology that's coming out is. And of course, you got the false prophet Yovar Noah Harari out there who's, who's basically saying that you know, faith in Jesus Christ is outdated. We're going into a new time period where there's going to be new AI-formed religions. And think about the great deception that the Bible talks about. Is that what it's talking about? So many people, even the elect will be deceived taking out parts of scripture, changing it around. There is so much at stake with this. And so we have to understand, I would highly encourage you to listen to some of these thought leaders in this space. They don't even have to be conservative. They're liberals that are sounding the alarm. And they're saying, look, we're, we're, we're concerned about the direction this technology is coming out way too fast. We don't have any safeguards up. And there's a 10% chance that we could literally become extinct from this. And yet barely anybody's even talking about it. Can you imagine if before Nagasaki or Hiroshima, Hiroshima were bombed, if we would have known, you know, the world would have understood nuclear capability. They didn't understand it until that happened. 
And they're saying this is crazier than that. This could be worse. The, the implications could be far, far worse. We'll be right back. Todd Coconato Show. All right, welcome back. Pastor Todd Coconato here. We're talking about the AI dilemma. In other words, there's a new technology that's coming at us like a freight train. And everybody should know about it. We shouldn't be reactive. We should be proactive and understand the the game-changing capabilities of this new technology that's going to be coming out and what it means for us. You know, uh, there's going to be people that are going to try to usurp biblical Christianity in a way that is coordinated and AI will give them even good arguments and good, you know, there's going to be deep fakes out there and, uh, you know, preachers are going to, I mean, we're going to have to really watch ourselves and what we say and how we act. But even if, I mean, it's even beyond that. Now they can just put words in our mouth. They can make it look like something. They can, uh, you know, they can, they can put somebody's face onto a different body and of course, the implications for that, from a you know a, a video standpoint, are endless. I mean, just think about what they're already capable of doing. So, how do we navigate this? Well, we got to be wise, and we've got to be educated. And as I said earlier in the show, anything that can be shaken will be shaken. I want to play just a segment here from the AI dilemma. You can find it from the uh, Center for Humane Technology uh, this YouTube channel. I think these guys are liberal, to be quite honest with you. But they're still sounding the alarm, and I think they have some very valid points. They're coming from an educated standpoint. It's about an hour and seven minutes broadcast. You can find it. It's called The AI Dilemma, and they just put it up, uh, you know, about a couple of months ago. But I've been listening to this and uh, others that are sounding the alarm in this space, and I'm just going to play a couple minutes of what they're saying, and, and you'll kind of get the, you know, the gist of it. Deployed in a safe and responsible way. It's being deployed in a very dangerous way. 50% of AI researchers believe there's a 10% or greater chance that humans go extinct from our inability to control AI. I think because <clears throat> artificial intelligence is such, um, such an abstract thing and it affects so many things and it doesn't have the grounding metaphors like the kinesthetic experience in our lives that it's so hard to kind of wrap your head around how transformational this is. So when we, we call the presentation a paradigm, uh, a paradigmatic response to a paradigmatic technology, um, what we really wanted to do is arm all of you with uh, maybe a more visceral way of experiencing the exponential curves that we're about to be heading into. Just to name a little bit of where the come from is, because we're going to say a lot of things about AI that are not going to be super positive. And yet, uh, you know, since 2017, I've been working on um, a thing called the Earth Species Project, using AI to translate uh, animal communication, decode non-human language. So there's a huge part of this stuff that, that I really love and believe in. A couple weeks ago, I made a, a Spanish tutor for myself with ChatGPT in like 15 minutes. So we're not saying, it's, it's great, it's better than Duolingo, um, <laughs> for like 45 minutes. Um, so what we're not saying is that there aren't incredible positives that are coming out of this. That's not what we're saying. Yeah, what we are saying is, um, I'm, is are the ways that we're now releasing these new large language model AIs into the public? Are we doing that responsibly? And what we're hearing from people is that um, we're not doing responsibly. It, the feeling that I've had personally just to share is it's like it's 1944 and you get a call from Robert Oppenheimer inside this thing called the Manhattan Project. You have no idea what that is. And he says, the world is about to change in a fundamental way. 
Except the way it's about to change, it's not being deployed in a safe and responsible way. It's being deployed in a very dangerous way. And will you help from the outside? Um, and when I say Oppenheimer, I mean more of a metaphor of a large number of people who are concerned about this, and some of them might be in this room, people who are in the industry, uh, and we wanted to figure out what does responsibility look like? Now, why would we say that? Because um, this is a stat that took me by surprise. 50% of AI researchers believe there's a 10% or greater chance that humans go extinct from our inability to control AI. Say that one more time. Half of AI researchers believe there's a 10% or greater chance 10% chance. of humans' inability to control AI. That would be like if you're about to get on a plane and 50% of the engineers who make the plane say, well, if you get on this plane, there's a 10% chance that everybody goes down. I wouldn't get on. Would you get on that plane? Nope. Right? But we are rapidly onboarding people onto this plane because of some of the dynamics that we're going to talk about. Because sort of three rules of technology that we want to quickly go through with you that relate to what we're going to talk about. This just names the structure of the problem. So first, when you invent a new technology, you uncover a new class of responsibility. And it's not always obvious what those responsibilities are. So to give two examples, um, we didn't need the right to be forgotten to be written into law until computers could remember us forever. It's not at all obvious that uh, cheap storage would mean we'd have to invent new law. Or we didn't need the right to privacy to be written into law until mass-produced cameras came onto the market. Right? And Brandeis had to essentially from scratch invent the right to privacy. It's not in the original constitution. And of course, to fast forward just a little bit, the attention economy, we are still in the process of figuring out how to write into law that which the attention economy and the engagement economy takes from us. So when you invent a new technology, you uncover a new class of responsibility. And then two, if that technology confers power, it will start a race. That's what's happening. And if you do not coordinate, the race will end in tragedy. There's no one single player that can stop the race that ends in tragedy. And that's really what the social dilemma was about. And I would say that social dilemma and social media was actually humanity's first first contact moment between humanity and AI. I'm curious if that makes sense to you because it's when you open up TikTok and you scroll your finger, you just activated the supercomputer, the AI pointed at your brain to calculate and predict with increasing accuracy the perfect thing that will keep you scrolling. So we already had, we now have every single day an AI, which is a very simple technology, just calculating what photo, what video, what cat video, what birthday, to show your nervous system to keep you scrolling. But that fairly simple technology was enough in the first contact with AI to break humanity with information overload, addiction, doom scrolling, sexualization of kids, shortened attention spans, polarization, fake news, and breakdown of democracy. And no one intended those things to happen, right? We just had a bunch of engineers who said, we're just trying to maximize for engagement. It seemed so innocuous. And while you're getting better and better recommendations on YouTube that are more and more personalized, the YouTube people didn't know that would lead to rabbit holes that sent people into different little micro cults throughout the internet. And so what we want to, um, we're obviously going to talk about what happens in the second contact with AI, where we also have a bunch of benefits that we're going to get from this technology. And there's also a race for, uh, for something. 
an easy way to remember that it, first contact was curation AI. Yeah. Second contact algorithms creation AI, generative models, all of that. And so, in this first contact with social media, humanity lost. Now, now, why did we lose? How could we have lost? Because we were saying a bunch of things about what social media was, right? We actually noticed. We said we're, social media is going to give everyone a voice. The point here is just like we said, there's a paradigmatic response to AI. What was the paradigm from which we were seeing what social media was about? The paradigm was we're giving people voice, we're giving them a platform, we're connecting people with their friends, we're letting people join like-minded communities, we're going to enable small, medium-sized businesses to reach their customers, and these things are all true. These are actual benefits. These are awesome benefits. These were not incorrect things to say. But one of the things we like to say is, behind this friendly face, there was some other problems. Oh yeah, look at all this stuff. And people pointed them out. out. We've got an addiction problem, a disinformation problem, mental health, free speech versus censorship. But in our work, if you've been following it and saw Social Dilemma, we sort of said even behind that, there was actually this even deeper thing. Which is this arms race, which we talked about in that third law of technology, and the arms race was for attention. What became the race to the bottom of the brainstem, and that was created this kind of engagement monster that was this AI that this. was just trying to maximize engagement. Engagement. So while these things on the left are true, we miss the deeper paradigm, and so we think that if we want to predict what's going to happen with these other AIs that are going to infuse themselves in society, we have to understand. What's actually behind the way the narratives that we're using to talk about it? And just note, if you try to solve these problems—addiction, disinformation, mental health—on their own, you're going to be playing whack-a-mole, and you're not going to get to the sort of like generator functions. You're not actually going to solve the problem. And it's important to note that maximize engagement actually wasn't—it re rewrote the rules of every aspect of our society because it took these other core aspects of our society into its tentacles and, and took them hostage. So now. Children's identity is held hostage by if you're, you know, 18 years old and you don't have a Snapchat account or an Instagram account, you don't exist, right? It it is held that hostage. You are socially excluded if you don't do that. Um, media and journalism don't happen or can't exist outside of being on Twitter and being able to promote yourself on Twitter. National security now happens through social media and information warfare, politics and elections. These things are now run through. This engagement economy, right. which a lot of interesting stuff here. I don't want to play the, the whole itself. video here. Obviously, there's a lot to play. Uh, hopefully, you got something from what they said. And there's they just keep going on and on about all these different things that are going to happen as a result of this technology coming out. And also, you know, they're using a lot of big words and you know, very um, you know, some people just tune out people like this. You know, it's like wah 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 wah. You know, like on Charlie Brown. So that's why I'm trying to break it down. I want to play the whole video, but I did want you to get a good gist of what they're saying. It's called the AI dilemma. And it's on the uh, Center for Humane Technology. And again, I think these guys might be liberal, but for the most part, they're they're sounding the alarm with some things that I think we should be concerned about uh, with all these different things. So all those things to be said, you know, chapter four of my, or actually, sorry, chapter five of my book, which is the uh, Come Out From Among Them book, uh, chapter five, it's called The Great Shaking. The Great Shaking. And in, in The Great Shaking, uh, I really believe anything that can be shaken will be shaken. Now, before that, I want to talk about the plan of the elites because this all comes together. It all comes together. You know, I'm going to read this, what the globalist agenda is, uh, why we should care. One reason Christians are called to come out of the Babylonian system is because we're the ones who have the authority to stop it. Our prayers are a powerful weapon. You understand that? And the Bible clearly tells us we have authority to pull down the strongholds in the name of Jesus. People wouldn't think that the things that we're talking about today are strongholds, are wicked plans, 
But when we understand the ramifications of what these technologies will mean, they actually are. Uh, th- this is the beast being rolled out. The beast system is now being put into place. And so, you know, we can also use other tools God has given us, such as fasting, declaring, and decreeing, and speaking the truth of God's word, which is the sword of the spirit. What are the plans of the elites and those who wish to silence uh, the voices of truth, like myself, like you? Here's a few. They want to encourage population control, uh, fund and push abortions worldwide, fund and push euthanasia worldwide, push the LGBTQ lifestyle. Are you seeing this? Through media, Hollywood, government, schools, textbooks, porn, and in all marketing channels. Saturate the system with images and mainstream this lifestyle. Have we not seen that? We have. Uh, Create a borderless society. I believe they want to put an eventual borderless society together. Uh, They don't like the sovereignty of countries. This this reminds me, by the way, and I'm going to get to this in the last segment of the show, how this is very similar to the the situation with Nimrod and the Tower of Babel and where the people were scattered and now they're coming together as one. And look at this uh, technology, this AI, it's studying languages. It's analyzing and understanding algorithmic, uh, algorithmic, algorithmic, that's a hard word to say, algorithmic language. In other words, you know, through through the technology of algorithms, they can they can establish patterns. You know how significant this is. They can actually see what you're thinking about now. They can read your thoughts. Think about that. Read your thoughts. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of finish up this conversation. This is obviously more than one show because I could just keep going and going and going. Uh, you know, population control, control, uh, create a borderless society, ease national borders and sovereignty, push migration into Western countries, mix everything. And, and eliminate any type of national identity, uh, you know, one big melting pot. Why would they want to do that? So that they can come in and take control. And it'll be a one-world global government and a one-world currency and a one-world religion and everything that the Bible tells us is going to happen. Well, here it comes. And so uh, we'll finish up this discussion, and I'll be right back. This is the Pastor Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as the Remnant, PastorTodd.org. All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconado Show. Very interesting subject. Is this is this something you want me to talk more about? Let me know in the comments. Uh, let me know by writing me, PastorTodd.org, and give us some feedback. Do you, do you appreciate this type of stuff? Is this something that we should talk about, or is this boring you? I mean, I just to me, I have an urgency. This is part of what's going on. And I don't know a lot of people that are talking about this, but yet it's, it's very real, and it's coming like a freight train. It's literally coming. It's going to change everything. And that's why my book, Come Out From Among Them, I really believe there's such an urgency to the message of it because it's we've got to separate from the Babylon system. So we're talking about the plan of the elites, you know, build a world system. That's number three. Use the world court, world bank, UN, world economic forum, Interpol, uh, world government and world currency infrastructure. Stage has already said, push to go cashless in the near future to control buying and selling by means of the CDBC, the central bank digital currency. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, digital currencies, which are in track of being rolled out in many countries. Um, let's see what else put in place a, a monitoring system via technology, use Facebook, social media, online tracking, um, smartphones to make a file on every person on the planet using supercomputers and quantum computers, track purchases and, and friends and patterns, utilize facial recognition, track travel, establish social credit score systems and put uh, certain behaviors and punish punishment in, in you know, punish uh, certain behaviors, in other words. Punish, punish people for doing something that they don't want, they don't like. Uh, push science and minimize Christian beliefs. That's a number five. Mainstream evolution, mainstream science, 
uh, over in intelligent design. Teach evolution as though it were a matter of fact. Use TV shows and movies and documentaries to push this agenda. Deem biblical Christianity as antiquated, backward, a conspiracy, etc. Use weaponized words to describe truth tellers and free, think- free thinkers. Conspiracy theorists. Um, you know, what do they, what do they call people? Christian nationalists, uh, far right, you know, all those, all those weaponized words. Uh, what about silence dissidents, you know, censor social media, uh, ministers and conservatives, uh, delist, deplatform, ostracize, use the media to attack people, uh, create corporate government structures. Number seven, that would be operate outside of the sovereign uh, countries and their constitutions, push a new world order that usurps the authority of the constitution and our freedoms and rights. Number eight, uh, you know, send manufacturing and deep earth mineral resources to China. Establish China's military as the new global superpower and set the stage for China to have the power. You know, the One Belt, One Road initiative. Destabilize the U.S. dollar and weaken the U.S. Uh, United States by outsourcing jobs, manufacturing base, and the ability to produce military hardware in-house. Send classified military technology to China. Uh, prepare the world for a new currency system when the dollar is unseated as the global reserve. Uh, number nine, classify biblical morality as hate speech and, and silence and censor those who teach it. Uh, biblical remnant pastors are now the target. Limit their ability to share by making key elements of core Christian doctrine and beliefs illegal under federal, state, and local laws. Use leftist organizations to label biblical preachers as hate mongers or extremists. Uh, number number 10, you know, uh, give, give the ports, Hollywood Studios, and Panama Canal over to China in preparation for the next steps. Number 11, control the money supply and the ability to work so that anybody who opposes the new system can be cut off and financially sanctioned and isolated. I mean, does this not sound like the beast system to you? Number 12, make Christianity itself uh, and its, its key uh, foundational beliefs, principles, illegal, and label, label those who follow it enemies of the state, extremists, far-right, uh, conspiracy theorists, etc. Target young people at an early age, number 13. Uh, and have the schools teach them an alternative view of America as a racist, imperialistic country that has harmed the world, a false narrative. Change history. Teach them to want socialism, to hate capitalism. Foster an environment that pushes rebellion and anarchy. Teach them uh, that law enforcement is bad and organizations like Antifa are good. Black Lives Matter, right? Number 14, disarm the population. Take away the citizens' guns so that they cannot defend themselves against tyrannical regime. Think Venezuela or the rise of the Nazis in Germany. Um, they will first have to take away the guns in order to have full control, which is why there's a major part of their agenda and strategy. Of course. Number 13, usurp and nullify the Constitution. Uh, The globalists want to take down the U.S. Constitution by dismantling it and put us under a completely new system that would take away many of our current freedoms and rights. You may think some of this is far off, but this is already underway. That's why warfare is so intense. This is why we as Christians should be fervently fighting and pushing back against this plan right now. We have to address it from the pulpit. We need to care about this as it will greatly affect and change our lives. Many people dismissed the same things during the 1930s before Hitler rose to power. And history tends to repeat itself. We cannot simply operate in the normalcy bias by thinking these things won't happen here, as they most certainly can. And the plan is well underway. Look into the writings of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who I will discuss later in the book, and I do. And you may be startled to see the similarities between much of what's happening in America right now and he sounded the alarm in Nazi Germany about during those days. A lot of similarities. Similarities during the Bolshevik Revolution, the, you know, the brown shirts, all that. Uh, my prayer is that we respond differently than many people who chose to ignore his warnings. Then I get into the transgender movement. I'm not going to talk about that right now. Uh, you know, the social credit score system. Okay, let's talk about that here, and then I'm not going to be able to get to everything that I wanted to today. We'll have to do another episode about this, but 
the social credit score system and the mark of the beast. You know, the concept of a social credit score system has been gaining traction in recent years. It's already being implemented in China. And the idea behind this system is to assign a score to each individual based on his or her behavior, actions, and factors with the aim of encouraging positive behavior and discouraging negative behavior. There are concerns, however, that the social credit score system could eventually turn to the mark of the beast, as described in the book of Revelation. The mark of the beast is a symbol associated with the Antichrist, and it is said that those who receive the mark will be damned for all eternity. The similarities between social credit score system and the mark of the beast are actually striking. Both involve assigning a number to each individual, and both are intended to exert control over people's behavior. The social credit score system is designed to encourage people to act in certain ways, while the mark of the beast is described as a tool for controlling people's minds and souls. Are you getting any of this? So I'm, I'm talking about the AI dilemma. Look, this, this new technology that's coming at us like a freight train. And, and, you know, if you look at just each individual thing by itself, it's not as alarming. But when you start thinking about all the ramifications of digital currencies, uh, computers that surpass the intellectual capability of humans, singularity, when you think about the supercomputers that are already, you know, learning and learning and learning and advancing and advancing and advancing, and just imagine... See, with, with, the, with the programming that they have and the fact that they can self-learn and become self-aware, by the way, that's why people like Elon Musk are saying, hey, we're summoning a demon. We're literally getting, it's, it's like a soulless being. Is it being used by demons? As I mentioned earlier, is this technology actually given to us by demons? I mean, why all of a sudden is the big conversation on aliens so pervasive in our society where everybody's now starting to believe this you know, what are they setting us up for? Predictive programming, Hollywood, the church commission. You know, we go back to the project, Mo- you know, Operation Mockingbird. Well, obviously that's still going on with the, with the media. I mean, all you have to do is look at the Washington Post and New York Times. And just think about this. Think about all these things that are, that are happening simultaneously. And, and yet, you know, a lot of the church, I mean, I, I meet with certain pastors and they're like, you know, I'm like, what, what, what are you guys doing? They're, oh, we're building a new soccer field. We're so excited. New soccer field, when, when the world is literally on fire and we need to be about the business of souls. We need to be, this is why we're here. And I'm going to spend the last couple of minutes just talking about this. Highly encourage you to get my book, Come Out From Among Them. It's available on pastortoddbook.com. And because uh, I only really got to scratch the surface of what I would have liked to have covered today. But I'm going to tell you something though. This is why, look, I know everybody's like, you know, excited about Donald Trump, maybe in 2024, maybe he'll come back. Maybe we'll have him as president again. Even if that happens, which there's a possibility that it will. I'm not saying it will because obviously we know there's a lot of shenanigans going on, but there's a real good chance that they would actually let him get in there just so they could drop the system and blame it on him. Think about that. I mean, that, that's a theory for you, right? So, you know, even if he gets in and, and many of his friends agree with this that I know, by the way, is that's just the beginning. I mean, he's going to have to undo all this stuff. He's going to be up against the globalists and the, and the World Economic Forum and the elites and all the you know, letter agencies and everything that he was up against last time, and even worse, because then it's going to be all-out craziness. So, yeah, it would be nice for him to be president, but you know, is he going to be able to overcome the cabal? I don't know. You know so we got to understand, it might just get you know, the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. Our focus as a church is to come out from among the Babylon system to be part of the solution, and part of the solution, to be the body of Christ, to be a people of God that are standing for righteousness in a wicked hour, to lead people to the Lord, to make disciples of the nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
we, it's good for us to know about these things. It's good for us to be proactive. It's good for us to understand what's coming on the pike. I think it's important for us to be proactive instead of reactive. But ultimately, what are we meant to do? We are meant to go and to occupy until he comes. And we're meant to go out and to cast out and to drive out. And we can't be weak sauce Christians. We've got to be all in. This is a time for lions and generals. This is a time for a warrior class believer. And this is who God is raising up in this hour. And so, you know, your spouse isn't in it. They don't get it. You know what? Then you just stand. And you cover your home and you do what you're called to do. And don't let anybody hold you back from what you're called to do. If God's put a message in your heart, speak it. If God's put a passion in your heart, a strategy in your heart, do it. If not now, when? If not us, who? If not here, where? We've got to get involved in every single aspect of this. But the good news is we're on the winning team. We're not losers. We're on the winning team. We win this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? And so don't get discouraged by this, but just understand it's an exciting time to be alive. I mean, what an amazing time to be alive. Think about this. Oh, my goodness. All right. Hey, what a, what a great show today. I really hope you enjoyed this. Is, this stuff's right up my alley. Anyway, we'll cover more of this if you, if you write me and tell me to do so. We'll be uh, back next week, PastorTodd.org. If you enjoyed today's show, please help us produce more content like this. It's very important that we get this information out there and the gospel out there. That's the main thing we got to get out there. The main thing. We got to stick to the main thing. Uh, but I think these types of shows are helpful also because uh, it, it goes along with the Bible. It's literally showing the Bible coming to light before our eyes. So you go to PastorTodd.org, PastorTodd.org. We really appreciate and thank our partners. Without you, we could not be doing what we're doing. So PastorTodd.org, we love you and we bless you. We'll be back soon. God bless.